Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, there have been a number of discussions here on this show, make it plain about hunger and food, particularly during this pandemic. You'll recall just recently we talked about how you and I may even be eligible for food stamps or SNAP and not even know it. But the broader question ultimately becomes, what about food and security in the middle of a pandemic? What do we do about it? How can we address it? How can you and I even help for that matter? So we want to talk about that. Uh, We have with us Lori Clevenger today, the U.S. Programs Director for the Grassroots Action Network. And our dear friend, no stranger, she's the Senior Director of Programs at Why Hunger, Allison Cohen. I want to welcome both Lori and Allison to make it plain today. Uh, how are you both doing? I think we're doing okay. I'm doing well, Lori. <laughs> I'm doing well. Staying healthy. And, so and- it is a pleasure to be on your show, Mark. Thanks so much for inviting us. Well, no, it's a pleasure to have you and, and both of your respective families doing okay also? Yes, Thank they God, are. Yes. That's good. That's that's good to know. Uh, thankful for that. So, uh, Allison, let me begin uh, with you. What what has Why Hunger been up to and what's kind of, what's your mandate 
you know, I asked um, folks before we went on to ask Allison if she had a new, new title as a result of the pandemic. <laughs> but I'm, I'm I, but I have to ask, what is what is what why hunger do yeah. in a moment like this and in a crisis like this? Well, I mean, this is a new this is a new experience for all of us, right? I mean, we've uh, why hunger, of course, working with issues of hunger in the U.S. and around the world. There have been various climate disasters and things like that that where we've had to rally and and um, and and respond immediately, but that tends not to be for a prolonged period of time. Mm -hmm. And the kind of long-term um, devastation that's wrought by that is currently being wrought by this pandemic is it's gonna it's gonna be a long time before we can see our way out of this. Um, in the span of what six weeks, we have close to we've gone up to close to 23% unemployment. Um, We've seen a tremendous rise in the number of folks that are calling us and trying to access food. Uh, food banks that we work with around the country are telling us that there's been more than a 600% increase in, um, you know, in in their um, in in uh, requests for food. And so, from my hunger's point of view, we're trying to help respond to that immediate need. Need at the same time really seeing this as an opportunity to say that, yeah, we're in a crisis moment, but the crisis existed before this. Um, we had 37 million people hungry in this country prior to this crisis. And so we want to take the opportunity to also acknowledge that, that this is really exposing the fault lines um, in a way that we've never seen them before and that are becoming more visible to all of us. Uh, Allison, 37 million before the pandemic. Do we know how much that's gone up yet? We don't. I don't think we have a, a, a strong sense, but we do know that um, almost 40 million people—not quite, but we're getting close to 40 million people—have have, uh, applied for unemployment, and um, in the last six weeks, and that doesn't include undocumented folks that are doing a lot of the frontline work here that are that are quote unquote essential workers moving food from you know from farm to plate um, so we we think it's gone up by the millions mm -hmm. um, Laurie talk to us about because people are trying to find food we want to help them find food we have something now what called the find food map is it Yes, the Find Food COVID map. We have been running a database for over 15 years that has resources and helps people to find food pantries, soup kitchens, food delivery services, and there are also resources to help people find out about where they need to go to sign up for SNAP and information like that. If you go to whyhunger.org forward slash find food, you'll see the map that we have that is now augmented to have more sites that have been popping up all over the country to be able to provide meals, as well as places where people can pick up groceries. Um, and folks just need to type in their zip code in the search field, and it will bring up what sites exist locally, like within their zip code within their area. So uh, um, anyone can go on here and, and see where they can get access to food wherever they are, I take it. Absolutely. It's okay. a national map. Yeah. It's a national map. So, um, and and in terms of finding, you mentioned where to apply for food stamps, where to find food banks, those are the kinds of things that they'll, that they'll find there? 
Most of the sites right now, because of the need and the demand, are focused on food sites. Food sites. Um, if you call our hotline, then you can speak to an advocate who can help you like identify the sites that actually support like helping to find the local SNAP office where you can sign up for SNAP or what the process is to do it online. Okay, okay, that's- uh, That uh, number, Lori, can you just give that number? Please, yes. 1-800-5-HUNGRY? Yep, 1-800-5-HUNGRY. Okay. <laughs> I was worried I was gonna say it wrong. 1-800-5-HUNGRY <laughs> is the number for whyhunger.org um, forward, forward slash, slash find food. Okay, so so people people can go there uh, and and see um, uh, how they can put and and so what people just need to put in their uh, their zip code. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I take it. Yes. All right. So let's see if I, if if I'm just going to put in a zip code, and I'm looking at all these red red dots on here um you, you so laurie is is that what you meant by more locations have been uh popping up yes so we started with the with new map with thirty thousand sites that are already in existence okay and the new map also has a feature where um volunteers can sign up to help validate the schedule for each of these sites so mm -hmm. in the upper right hand corner there's a button that says volunteer from home and when you hit that button you'll be taken basically to a crowdsourcing tool um, that you can just log into you just sign in with your name and your email address and then it'll bring up a page with a site that has the address and the phone number and you just call the site and when you talk to someone you just ask them to verify their information and particularly okay. their schedule, because that's what's been changing a lot for a lot of sites because of um, volunteers, for example, they don't have as many volunteers. So people have had to change, a lot of the food sites have had to change their hours. Um, and also just the availability of food has also had an impact. How so we really, really need folks all around the country to sign up to volunteer and you can, you can volunteer half an hour a day or you can volunteer, you know, uh, half an hour a week. It's really, it's, it's a, it's an amazing volunteer opportunity for folks that can't and don't uh, want to leave their home and they can really, really contribute. So what about uh, social distancing and food sites, Allison? How, yeah, well, how, how is that navigated? Yeah, it's everyone is taking it in in different directions. So we've seen some folks that, for instance, in New York City, um, the the school food, what has uh, formerly been the the school food sites, they have designated certain number of schools throughout the city that are um, providing free food, and they're expanding it not just for children, but anyone, a, an adult, anybody can come by and find food um, in those locations. So that's. Uh, one example of a change. Another example is that uh, some organizations are moving to mobile delivery where they have not, um, you know, in the past it's been a, a place where people come and to a, to a particular building and, um, and now they are distributing food um, 
uh, you know, outside of their building in different, you know, in different locations and actually moving around and moving to more of a mobile delivery system. Okay. Um, and just a whole variety of different, different ways to kind of meet this, this rising demand with all of these, um, you know, barriers. Um, uh, uh, Laura, when we talk about the food that's available at this particular time, um, healthy food, I presume, is, is that, and, and is that, how easy is that to sustain? I, I mean, and you all help me with this too. It, aren't, aren't we seeing or hearing that some of the food supplies themselves are being compromised? You know, talk to us about that and, and access to healthy food, even at some of these sites. Mm -hmm. Well, I will, I will start and then I'll let Allison add as well. But generally speaking, a lot of the food that is available at food pantries, soup kitchens, and different sites um, is donated by large grocery stores and places like that. And a lot of it tends to be not as healthy as people really need, especially right now. A lot of it is highly processed foods. Um, but the bright side is, and I think one of the things that is starting to shift as a result of this and as a result of the, the impact that the pandemic has had on food distribution, which has like, you know, basically kind of, it's slowed down and there are lots of farmers right now who are struggling to find, like to just be able to deliver food to grocery stores because of hours or because places have been shut down. So there's, there's a lot of work happening to connect small producers, especially with food pantries and soup kitchens so that folks can actually get access to fresh vegetables and fruit, you know, depending on where you are in the country and what your season is. Um, so that is something that's happening. But part of the work that Why Hunger has been doing even before the pandemic happened is working with a lot of emergency food providers who recognize that food, like charity itself, is not going to end the issue of hunger and recognize that there are a lot of other systemic issues that need to be addressed to actually end hunger. And so have put a lot of energy and focus into programs from using access to land that they have to start community gardens and, and help people to learn to grow their own food so that they have access in that way. There are programs that have um, work with the folks who come and use their services to actually develop advocacy so that people who are experiencing these issues can actually go to city halls and community councils and talk about like what the real issues are. It's not about like there not being enough food. There is so much food. There's so much food that some of it is even being intentionally wasted by companies in order to regulate the prices best. So, but, but, so say that again, because you cut off a little bit. It's, it's, it's some food is being intentionally wasted, you said? Yes. So like milk, for example, there have been several cases where companies have dumped milk because there was so much produced that it, it lowered the prices on their end. The other even, thing- even, I, even during this pandemic? Yes. Yes. One of the things, Mark, um, just to compliment what Lori said, one of the things we've been working on with Senator Gillibrand's office is an amendment to the um, CARES Act, the one that 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 in, that the USDA has been championing, that is um, about getting some of that food, 
that is being dumped and wasted to food banks and food pantries. Um, so the USDA has uh, proposed a program where the large distributors um, that are part of this food supply chain would get funding in order to be able to purchase from, from farms and then take it to food banks. This of course, um, uh, this of course puts a, a lot of the money back into the, the, the pockets of the, the, the big food industry. And Gillibrand's um, amendment to this is to connect farmers directly to food banks, cuts out the middleman and allows the farmer to capture a greater percentage of that dollar while getting good, healthy, fresh food directly to the, to the, to the food bank or the food pantry. And we believe that this is critical. And we also believe that it will help us to, um, to rebuild some local food and farm economies and that perhaps, perhaps it can open the door to a different kind of food system that isn't so vertically integrated, that is very much um, reliant on relationships, on communities, on, um, on the, the value of really good food. Allison, what's your take on the stories we're hearing? And I think all this is great. I mean, we, and I'm going to go back more than that later, but what, what's your reaction to the stories we've been hearing about supply lines? And, and yeah. does, that, does that impact the stores that would then contribute to the food sites? Um, yes, definitely. Uh, and, and I think that's why there's been this emphasis, this emphasis and the shift to, you know, we've got all these things that are happening, right? We have, um, uh, people that are working along the food supply chain that are, um, either out of work or they're being, they're being considered essential workers and still having to put themselves at risk. You hear about this in the meatpacking industry in particular. Right. Right. So you have those, you have the food chain workers that are suffering. You have the the small farmers that are, are accustomed to selling directly to restaurants or directly to farmers markets. And they're having some of those markets that are, are being you know, closed down or restaurants are closing. So you have, small, you have uh, those folks. And then you have the significant increase in unemployment and numbers of people, significant. We're talking 600% seeking food. Some have never ever been in a position of needing to, to get emergency food before. And the U.S. government's response with SNAP is just not enough. And so we have, we have this opportunity to rethink our supply chain. That's going to take political will. It's going to take, um, it's going to take trying new and different things. And the good news is that with the communities that we've worked with around the country, so many of these models already exist. Mm -hmm. They are working and we need to multiply them. We need to provide the resources and the public support and the political support to really reshape our supply chains and our and our and our food system. And we have an opportunity to do that now. Yeah. So in the midst of this crisis, and I as I think as you well know, Mark, in the midst of any crisis, right? There is there are the there there are places where the there are cracks in the system that we see and the light can come through. And so. Um, at least at Why Hunger, we're we're trying really hard to deal with the immediate crisis in front of us. At the same time that we're trying to like expose a little bit more light, so that we can all sort of see where the opportunities are to yeah. reclaim a world and a system that is just and that feeds us all. 
spiritually um, and, and and nourishes our bodies and the planet as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so part of, of reimagining and reshaping that supply chain, Lori, it would be just that, cutting out the middleman and having farmers go directly to food sites, right? I think that's part of it, but I think another part of it is having policies that support protections for farmers and farm workers. Um, I mean, another big part of what's happening and what we're seeing is a number of farm workers who are being exposed to COVID and who are who are contracting COVID. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with just people like farms not enforcing people practicing the things that they need to practice themselves. And also not providing the materials like masks and gloves and everything that they need to be able to do that. And that is happening because there are no legal protections for farm workers. A lot of our farm workers are here growing that like they're doing the majority of the work. And though they're not documented, they're still doing all of that work. And yet they're being treated more or less like prisoners. I mean, in many ways, a lot of the agricultural practices that we have and the ways that we don't honor and respect farmers in general, but especially our farm workers, is echoing back to times of slavery. Hmm. I mean, being yeah. able to treat people with such little disrespect, I mean, that's I mean, that's not even getting that's not a strong enough word, but like not seeing or acknowledging their humanity, their right to be here, and let alone acknowledging all the work that they're doing to make sure the rest of us are being fed. And can and we just point? Can we just point out that these folks? Are, sorry, and it might be the same thing you're about to say, Allison. Yeah. But like a lot of a lot of our farm workers, a lot of the people working in the food chain, um, along the food chain, were the same people who are dependent on these emergency food services yeah. before COVID hit. And now they are the ones who are like the impact for them is so intense because now there's like what maybe 40 additional million Americans who are trying to get to these services and these folks a lot of which may be undocumented are afraid to go to these services to get access to food like it's it's unacceptable it's really unacceptable so so to be clear Allison You've got farm workers and and those who need food on those are the, the both ends of the spectrum. Both are um, in jeopardy and imperiled right now, yes. while the, the, the middleman is the one who's barely touched by this. Is that an accurate? Yeah, in, in, in some cases, that's that's certainly that's certainly true. And. Um, I would say the middleman, but also the larger corporations that are um, that have helped design this supply chain, such right, that. Right. But that's um, what I mean by the middleman. That's kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The other thing that I think, well, two things. One is that yes, they're imperiled now. That already existed. It just wasn't as visible, and maybe it wasn't as stark. So we're we're just seeing an unjust system become um, more unjust. That's number one. Number two is you cannot take race out of the equation here. When you look at even, you know, purely look at the numbers of folks that are at most risk 
the highest number of cases of COVID, it's people of color, right? And it, we're seeing that in, in indigenous communities as well, Latinx, black communities, that these are the, the populations that are, are suffering the most or, and are most at risk. So it's a real opportunity also to, um, you know, to, 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 ex, to further expose the kind of insidious racism that we're still dealing with. Yeah, yeah. In this country on a structural level. Um, needless to say, but we'll just say it, uh, access to nutrition is probably uh, of a factor in terms of, of staying healthy, even in a pandemic. Yeah. Would you not think, I mean, everybody's talking about masks, mm -hmm. <laughs> but well, we all talk about food too. Yeah. And, and folk being right. well, you know, healthily fed, right? Mm -hmm. that's and that's right. not talked about enough. What's good if I got a mask if I don't have access to food? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because you can, you know, and I, you know, the, the evidence is still not, not strong enough, but more and more, we're learning that those who are already immunocompromised or that have underlying health conditions, whether it's diabetes, obesity, a lot of diet related issues, cancers, that those are the folks that are, um, are most at risk of, of, of dying. From yeah. COVID-19, and we're seeing that in the in the actual um, statistics of those who are who are who are suffering and then dying from this. So, if we don't start talking about an alternative system of supply soon enough, of, you know, the one which you both describe as ideal to me, if, if that does not happen soon enough. And if the current system we have begins to falter even more because of people being exposed and illness and dying and everything else, yeah. um, then that's gonna put an even larger number of people at, at risk for food insecurity, it yeah. isn't it, Laurie? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we're hearing even the World Food Program, which um, I'm not usually 100% in line with, um, in alignment with, but even the World Food Program is saying this is the first time in 80 years that we have had global food supply chains that have come to a halt. Even during World War II, we were able to move commodities around. We're not doing that now. And not that we want to move commodities around, at least the kind of commodities that are being moved around right but it, it 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 but it of course instead of saying well what we need is more you know local food supply chains um the call is to open up you know to reinstate these these global food supply chains but the, the point is that um it is it is the first time in eight decades that we have had a situation where global food supply chains have come to a halt mm. and um it we are we are expected to increase the number of people by the end of 2020, we're not even talking a year, end of 2020, the number of people that will fall into acute hunger is expected to reach almost 300 million. Um, so Laurie, the other thing we want people to do is consider getting involved and volunteering, no. Absolutely. Tell, tell them Absolutely. What, what we want them to volunteer to do and how they can volunteer. Mm -hmm. Well, 
an easy way is to help with validating the sites that we were speaking about on the find food map. Um, for folks that can, like, you can also use the map to find uh, food pantries and soup kitchens and call them and ask them what their volunteer situation is and go and help them because at a lot of sites, many volunteers like were people um, who are retired, who had time to be able to do that, who no longer just to protect their own health can do that. So a lot of places just don't have the number of volunteers that they need to be able to do the food distribution, to ensure that people are keeping, you know, the six feet distance, which is hard because, you know, it's even like on a regular day, you know, um, at a grocery store, for example, it's just some, it's so easy to forget Right. and find yourself like right face to face with someone and then um so it's important to have volunteers that are helping with that it's important if folks can have the means to be able to buy food and make donations things like that and then also for community gardens i think this is this is actually really 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 important because to the point that you were making earlier about the the increase in the number of people as allison was, was saying is are going to experience acute hunger, having access to community garden spaces to be able to grow their own food or to work with like a lot of community gardeners, they grow more than they need for themselves and their own families and want to be able to share that and to make it possible for those folks also to be able to make donations to um, their local sites that are distributing food for people. And there are lots of ways that people can get involved. Some of them, again, you can stay at home, help us validate sites and, you know, find out about community gardens and um, emergency food spaces in their communities and, and just call and find out how they can help there. Yeah, yeah. And we've, we've got, what, about 100 people or so now that have signed up to volunteer to from home with their phones to help us validate and add new sites that are popping up to the Find Food COVID-19 map. We need thousands. So we need them all over the country. So yeah. again, whyhunger.org slash find food and click that button that says volunteer or click the button if you need to find food. All right. Um, this is uh, very important. It, it, I don't, and I don't wanna gloss over this. I'm gonna go back for just a minute. Allison, you mentioned um, um, mobile food access, right? So some of these sites, are able to do delivery? Um, yeah, some, there are some that are doing delivery to, in, in an urban area, it's a little bit easier and these mobile sites have, or the, 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 the mobile distribution has happened um, a little bit more quickly where they can go to a senior center, for instance, or they can go to an apartment building. Um, there are a few cases where folks are able to go um, uh, directly to homes in rural areas. Um, but more than likely, people are, folks that are used to food banks and food pantries that are used to having people come to their site are finding ways to package like Campaign Against Hunger and, and Bed-Stuy that you visited, Mark, um, with me a few years ago. They are setting up different sites strategically throughout Bed-Stuy where people can more easily come and don't have to, and can also social distance. So the difference is that folks that used to do kind of a grocery store style, come and, and choose what you want to eat, are having to package things and provide a package of food 
um, as opposed to letting people choose. So that's um, an, an unfortunate um, you know, piece of all of this, but it's necessary for people to get food. And when you have organizations like the Bed-Stuy Campaign Against Hunger, um, that, that and, and the Mother Hubbard's Cupboard in Indiana, they know what good food is. And so they are working hard to ensure that there is, um, you know, the, the, the food that they're packaging is of the highest quality that they can, that they can get. Lori, Allison knows this. When she comes on with me, she makes me impatient uh, <laughs> because she says these things and, and they're beautiful and, we, and they're necessary and urgent. But I want it now. You know, I mean, we got to do something. This is, if, if we, if there was ever an opportunity to do something from a learned position that we're in now, from a learned experience, we have never experienced this before. And this won't be the last time. This may, we might go back out in a lockdown, this thing comes back in the fall. And I think we also have to be honest with ourselves and know that this probably will not be the last pandemic we ever see. All right, so it seems to me it's, it makes perfect sense to start to change the system and the structure of uh, food access and food security and food distribution and supply lines and all of that right now. Why don't we just do it, Laura? Hmm, that's a great question. Why don't we just do it? Who do, you know, it's just, let's just do it. Mm -hmm. and, and when we talk about the will, is, is that exclusively, does that exclusively have to be the will of Congress? No. That, and that's just the thing. And I think Allison was mentioning that earlier, is that there are lots of communities, there are lots of grassroots groups who are already doing this work. Like the National Black Food and Justice Alliance, they are working to help local, like farmers specifically um, in the Southeast, basically figure out how to distribute food to their, to their communities. Right. There are indigenous groups who are also doing this work. You know, like there, there are people who have been doing this work actually for decades already. And some of them are faring better and some of them are, you know, rising to meet new challenges that this has brought. But right. there are already people doing this work. And I think the way that we create those changes is to support those folks and to look at them and look at what they're doing and how they're changing their, their practices. Like trying to, trying to buy from local farmers whenever you can. Like if you have the means and you know transportation, like all of these, you know, there are issues like that that some people um, have that some others don't. But for those of us that do, like being able to go to a local farm and buy directly from the farmer. Um, getting involved in community organizations that support community gardening, for example, and making sure that people have access to, to land to be able to grow their own food, um, learning about the different policies, the legislation that um, prevents us all from having a little bit more say and a little bit more control in the whole process of how food is being grown and distributed to us. So not only, Allison, in, in closing, do, do we want people to, to volunteer to go to uh, whyhunger.org slash find food? That's right. That's the right website, right? Whyhunger.org slash find food. But we, we also want to, to, to help recruit a, a whole 
another group of activists and a generation of activists to make these changes that are necessary. I was just talking, I mean, in so many walks, I was saying to, uh, to uh, uh, some of the clergy I know in some of the churches, you know, y'all may not be, be able to go back to having church the way you used to have. Right. So you, so really, and folks, who are you talking about? So, you know, you got to come up, use this new technology. Let's, you know, tailor it to what your needs are. Cause mm-hmm. oh, going over to church in June and then close it back down in September. And so the physical edifice may not work anymore. So same thing when it comes to food. Right. I mean, it, it's, we cannot go back, no matter what anyone says, to the same thing. And I think that's a good thing. Sometimes yeah. things have to inspire you to change. So right. yep. hopefully, Allison, we can recruit a whole of, I told you you make me impatient. I, yeah, sometimes you y'all make me talk. You know, I just get worked up and then I don't understand it. It's just, Lord, okay, we, good, I'm sorry. We need a revolution. We need a revolution. I mean, really, when, when have you ever seen things change without the people coming together, building power and saying, we need to move towards a different vision of a a world order. Yeah, yeah. So make it plain is gonna help us with that. I hope so. Y'all need to listen to me, listen to the show. And do do exactly what Allison and Lori are saying. Go to whyhunger.org slash find food. Go ahead, Lori. I just wanna add one more thing that the map Yes, it helps people get access to food. It shows you different sites, but those sites are also, we see them as community building centers. Yeah. So we're gonna leave folks with that thought. Don't just, you know, ask people questions, get engaged. Um, We are working with partners all over the country who we're going to be reaching out to and talking to them also about how we really not see this map as just meeting those immediate needs, but how are, how are we using it to connect with each other and to do exactly what you were just talking about, Mark? Organize. Yeah. Organize. Educate, organize, and all that. Y'all, because I'm be honest with y'all, what, what my guests are saying, they're more tactful than I am. I'm going to be a little less tactful. Okay. Netflix, Netflix ain't going to save us. No. <laughs> now, if y'all want to sit up and just think that watching Netflix for the past two or three months is going to make everything better when this ends, it's not. Netflix, Disney+, Plus, whatever you look at. Hulu. That's not going to say, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I understand people got to do that, but um, we have got to change the world that we're in because there are people in power, as we all know, who don't give a damn mm-hmm. and they're letting people die. Exactly. And they're saying to these, these workers, many of whom wear the hat of the food insecure and the COVID exposed food worker, they're saying, them, you all go to work every day and just die. We don't care. Some of you, some of them even said you have to sacrifice for the rest of us. No, so so this is important. Um, don't make me just one of a handful of people who's passionate about this, folks. Be this way yourself, because uh, you know. But for the grace of God, and I know some of you, whether we want to admit it or not, like I said, we did a whole thing on Snap. Whole lot of folk don't want to admit and don't want to bother to find out whether they're SNAP eligible. More are SNAP eligible than we realize. There's no shame in that, because we pay into it. Exactly. Everything that's here, you and I and everybody else have already paid into and made some contribution to. Mm-hmm. And everyone else around us deserves the right to the commons, that which all of us should share. That includes nutrition. Absolutely. I'm sorry, y'all got me Amen. all worked up in. <laughs> I, I love it. I apologize. 
<laughs> no, no apologies, please. No, no. Next time I'll try to be on my best, be on better behavior. Please don't. Don't. <laughs> be on worse behavior. <laughs> you, you, thank you. Well, you know, I am at, uh, you are, as, as Allison knows, Lori, I am uh, always at uh, Why Hunger Service. So any, uh, any more ways I can help. We're going to promote this, let people know you all mark this broadcast and share it with others. Spread the word. Well, we absolutely will. Uh, and uh, no, I mean the audience. I'm saying that I want the audience oh. to do it. I want the audience to spread the word. Y'all are doing your work. Um, uh, uh, Laurie Clevenger, uh, U.S. Programs Director for the Grassroots Action Network. Allison Cohen, Senior Director of Programs at Why Hunger. So, folks, once again, whyhunger.org slash findfood. Help those you know find food. Volunteer to help validate sites. Volunteer maybe even helping some of these sites because as, as Lori said, why, why, let me just do one other thing. Uh, we know this too, because we talked about this. We talk about elections coming up. Well, many of the people who are poll workers, election workers, what are they? Many of them tend to be retired seniors. They're at risk. So that means some of us who are younger have to get up off our rusty dusty. Mm-hmm. It's like we go work at the polls, we need to go work at the food sites. If we're healthy, all right, wear a mask, practice social distancing. Yep. You know, don't, don't, you know, I mean, don't go to other things that we shouldn't be going to. Some people are doing that and they need to stop. Go to a place where you might actually be able to be of assistance and make a difference in some people's lives because people are hungry out here. All right, Lori and and Allison, I'm sorry. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Mark. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. It's always a pleasure. Bless you both. Thank you. Same to you, Mark. Stay healthy. All right. You too. You all love to both your families. Thank you. Same to you, Mark. You too. Take care. Bye. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.